If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast, your weekly dose of miles, points, and travel. My name is Sean Coomer, the founder of Miles to Memories, and I'm joined each and every week by my illustrious co-hosts, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and MTM Managing Editor, Mark Osterman. Each week on the show, we bring you a lively discussion of the day's hot topics, plus expert tips to save you time and money. Each week, we are here for about 45 minutes talking about the craziest news stories, our own travel, how to maximize the latest deals, and we are here to share it all with you. As a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google, or any other podcast app of your choosing, and you can find all of our relevant links for subscribing at mtmpodcast.com. And finally, if you really do love the show, consider telling a friend or leaving us a great review. It helps us reach more listeners. And now on to the show. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Um, people should know that we're recording this, at least portions of this podcast, a little bit early since Mark and I are going to be traveling next week, as we talked about last week. So, um, yeah, just getting ready for my trip, starting to pack. Pretty excited about uh, getting away for a couple of days. What about you, Mark? Actually, I always get stressed out before I go on a trip because there's so much stuff you got to wrap up and get it done because I don't want to have to really work while I'm down there. So I try to to write up articles ahead and then schedule them stuff. So it's always a stressful last couple of days before we go somewhere. So I'm, I'm stressed out a little bit right now. Yeah, I second that. I have deadlines uh, on Tuesday, so I got to get it done before I leave and you know I have a lot of stuff to do. So thanks for reminding me. Now I feel much more stressed than I did 30 seconds ago. Just have an afternoon beer. Let's do it right now. Let's crack one open. Let's just shotgun it while we're recording. <laughs> Actually, what do you guys? Uh, I'm curious. It's not what, different than any other recording that we do. So true, true. <laughs> what do, What do you guys uh, normally do like before you get ready for a trip? Like what What are like kind of the pain points when you're getting ready to go? Uh, it depends. If it's a family trip, it's basically just getting all my kids' stuff together is the pain. If I'm traveling, if it's a solo trip like you're doing, Joe, I I pretty much have a go bag packed with all like uh, the stuff I need for the bathroom and, and all that kind of stuff. So I just throw in some clothes and go. But with the kids, you have to think about all the different things. Like we have to make sure my daughter has her life jacket for the pool and all kinds of annoying stuff. So that's it, that adds to it when we're doing a family trip. Oh, yeah. You just reminded me that I plan to uh, cook a meal to feed the kids on one of the days that I'm gone. So stress level increasing. Uh, Rock pot. What- Crockpot meal. <laughs> I should do that. You're right. I should do that. But I'm. I want to make something that they like. I know they really like. So uh, buy back some wife points since she's not. She's never pleased when I go away, especially if it's you know just for fun for myself. What about you, Sean? What do you like to do, or what? Uh, what are your pain points before you take off? Yeah, I mean, just usually for me, if it's by myself, I uh, like Mark. I'm pretty easy. I just take a backpack and I just have everything ready. Throw some clothes in and go. And as the fan, you know, with the family, it's uh, <laughs> admittedly my wife does more of the the planning there. But for Ellie, it's just getting together all the stuff. I I'm doing a trip this weekend just with Ellie, so then I have to 
this is the first time I'm going to be doing all of that myself. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, trying to make it as simple as possible, limit the. Uh, I don't think we're going to rent a car, so we don't. I don't need to take a car seat. Stick with just the stroller and some snacks and toys. You know, kind of. We'll see. I tend to travel a lot, so I'm not too stressed out about it before I go. I just sort of take approach it the night before, do it, and then you know, if I forget something, I forget something. But I don't tend to do that. So I thought in the spirit of travel and talking about these trips, um, I know that all of us have traveled pretty extensively. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about our worst hotel experiences or our worst travel days, something like that. Um, I know that we all have interesting stories to tell and maybe a lesson or two to teach others. And I know I have a few really, really trying days and and hotels, I guess, that I could talk about. Um, Do either one of you guys have a, a story that's memorable that you feel like would be fun to share? Yeah, so I have a couple, uh, like two different ones. I'll, I'll do a hotel one and then like a trip that went awry type of thing. Uh, the first one, it, it actually was for the the night before I was getting married. So I was 22 and my best man booked the the hotel room that we're going to, you know, we we're going to go out and have some drinks before and, and then crash before we did all the wedding stuff the next day. So I left it up to him to book it. And he's the guy that travels with me and has no credit card, no debit card, pays cash for everything. So of course he books the Super 8. <laughs> which Super 8s aren't terrible everywhere, but this one happened to be completely disgusting. So, And then his car broke down, so he didn't even show up until the next day. So me and another buddy ended up going out. And, and then by the time we got back to the hotel, we, you know, we were feeling a little good and we opened up the room and it looks like basically like at least two murders happened in there or something. There's stains everywhere. Uh, we, we slept fully clothed. It was before the bed, bed, bed bugs were big, before they had come back. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were in there somewhere. And uh, we, it was a terrible night. And I gave him so much crap after when I saw him the next day that he booked like the worst hotel possible. I don't know if he did it on purpose and then didn't show up. Um, so that was that one. That's what happens when you get married in your early 20s, by the way. No one knows what they're doing. And it's everything is just a hot mess. Yeah. Because cause I can think of trips I took when I was in my early 20s and stuff like that happened all the time, except for I wasn't getting married the next day. Yeah. And he's he's not the most worldly person either. All the time. So it was like a double whammy there. What does that mean? Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't Was have he a debit card or credit card. He just kind of, you know, he just he does his thing and he doesn't unless I'm taking him somewhere. He doesn't really go anywhere. So <clears throat> wait, still doesn't have a credit card. Yeah, still does not have a credit card or a debit card. Wow. He's like a unicorn. <laughs> hey, they exist. Yeah, they do exist. But no, I, debit I feel like, card is pretty. Anyway. Yeah, I've, I've, trust me, I've given him so much crap about it. But I like traveling with him because then I just charge everything and he gives me cash at the end. So that works in, works in my favor. And I book all our flights and stuff and he gives me money for that. So that's nice. Um, as far as for like a travel day that, from hell, we actually were going my I think my daughter was two or three and my son was uh, five, maybe six. And we're going to Orlando. Surprise, surprise. And our flight got delayed and I had timed it up that we were flying Southwest and we were connecting in Atlanta where my parents lived and they were going to hop on our plane with us. So I thought it'd be cool because it was like my daughter's first time flying and our flight got delayed by like an hour. So we ended up missing that connection and got stuck in Atlanta for, oh man, like 10 hours and we didn't get to Orlando till midnight. So luckily there was a Hyatt place right there that I could book for 5,000 points that we went and just laid and lounged, um, took a little nap, which made it better. But my my kids didn't sleep the whole time. My son was up until we got to the hotel at like 1230 when we checked in and then he finally went to sleep and they didn't freak out, cry, throw a fit or anything. I was pretty surprised. I was, I was a proud parent that day. 
Yeah, so I have a story. Uh, it's actually two stories, but part of the same trip. So my wife and I, uh, this is before we had kids, you know, we went to Peru and we wanted to go see Machu Picchu. We wanted to hike the Inca Trail, but we were too late signing up. So we ended up doing another trail called the Laris Trek, um, which as an aside, ended up being really beautiful because it had snowed uh, right before we did the hiking. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, there's obviously a lot of altitude at Peru. Machu Picchu itself isn't at a super high altitude, but Cusco, where you fly into, is at a pretty high altitude. So my first kind of very negatively memorable hotel night was in Cusco. You know, we were staying at wherever the tour group was having a stay, um, but we just felt terrible. Like we had headaches. Uh, you know, I was out of breath when I walked up the stairs because it was only stairs to our room. Uh, my wife got like super sick. So super altitude sickness. And you know, for those of you who don't know, altitude sickness has nothing to do with how fit you are. People's bodies react very differently. I was definitely way more out of shape than my wife was. In fact, she was in shape and I was not. Um, but she felt terrible. So bad that we like, I think there was a doctor on the trip or there was a doctor in the hotel or something. We had someone check to make sure that she could still go uh, on the hike because we were leaving the next day. And so that was like a pretty rough and stressful night because you invest all this money into doing this hike and you think, you know, maybe you can't go. That was rough, except for it was only topped by the next night. You know, we had hiked for six or seven hours. We did not pitch the tent like the tour group pitched the tent for us. Um, but, you know, we stayed in a tent that night. We were at like, I don't know, pretty high up. It was freezing. The wind was blowing. Um, and then all night, like I just heard people throwing up from altitude sickness. So like throughout the night, I just heard these terrible noises that gets you that gets you really in the mood in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone was going to be in the mood in those tents. And the tents are very thin, so no one's going to be doing anything. No hanky Yeah, that's hanky. what you think. Uh, yeah, good point. Well, I don't know. Anyway, maybe people are disgusted by their partners, <laughs> and that's why they're throwing up. Moving on. So I was freezing all night. It sounded terrible. Okay. And I had never camped before. Like, I think this was my first time in a tent because um, I am very not worldly. I just stay inside on my computer all day. Um, and then when day broke, I was like, Hey wife, uh, who has camped many times before, what is this second zipper outside of our tent? Um, that hasn't been deployed. She's like, Oh shoot. That's the outer zipper. Like we were like one layer short all night. And I was like, you think like I trusted you, I trusted, I trusted you to know these things. I froze my butt off all night, and you hadn't, and you hadn't zipped up the outer lining of the tent. So we like froze for no reason. And so you know, it was it's pretty funny. I still give her crap about that uh, to this day. It was super memorable, but it was a it was a pretty rough night of sleep. The counterpoint is both at night and in the morning uh, at sunrise. It was incredibly beautiful to you know be up in the Andes. Um, just the air was so crisp and obviously it was super quiet and peaceful up there when no one's thrown up. Um, so, you know, it was a great trip. It was a great hike. And obviously Machu Picchu was awesome, um, but it was a rough two nights back to back. Isn't it funny that usually like the trips that go the worst or, you know, have the, the most things happen are the ones that you remember most fondly? Yeah, I think that's how it goes, right? Because they become the most memorable. And as long as even if you hated the trip, you always have something to talk about and you have that shared experience and, you know, uh, that shared connection. So um, my sister and my brother-in-law were there too. You know, they didn't have as rough a time at night. Although my brother-in-law had this thing where we were hiking and we had one of those camel packs, um, you know, the ones where like there's water in them and you drink them directly. 
And he kept being like, oh, it's so hard to get the water out. And I was like, dude, and I like flipped the spigot for him because he had it closed. So um, we're, we were pretty, we're pretty <laughs> your, your whole family just killed that trip, man. You guys hey, are awesome. He's not related by blood. All right. Actually, both the, both the people who screwed up are not related by blood. My sister and I were fine. Um, so, but yeah, we have that shared experience and like no one forgot it. So I totally agree. So uh, Sean, I'm expecting you to blow us away with uh, your story. This one is in Guatemala, like 2007. It's actually my seventh son's seventh birthday. And we had been in Guatemala for like a week and we decided to visit um, Chichi Castanango, which is like the most famous market in the country. And instead of just going there for the day to this t- little town uh, where the market is, we decided we're going to be great backpackers and we're going to go spend the night in, in this town. So we take the bus out. We uh, find a crappy little guest house place to leave our stuff and we go enjoy the market. And it's a beautiful market. Lots of color, lots of great stuff. And then as soon as the sun goes down, everybody leaves this town, all the, you know, all the market people and all the the tourists and everything. And it becomes like the most depressing place in the world. And there's just like drunk people laying on the streets and just tons of uh, straight dogs (laughs) running around. It's just like all of a sudden we're like looking at it. My wife, Jasmine, and I are looking at each other and we're like, oh, my God, what have we gotten ourselves into? Thankfully, we survived the night. The next day, it rained all day. We were gonna, um, uh, we were gonna leave, but it rained all day. Didn't do much. So then we were finally ready to get out of there, and it was my son's seventh birthday, and we were heading to Shela, which is like the second biggest city in Guatemala. So we wake up and we getting ourselves packed up and going down to the bus station and getting ready to to leave uh, the town. And it turns out to get to the bus station, we had to get a ride like twenty minutes out of town, and they just dropped us off on the side of the road. And so we're waiting for these buses to pick us up. We were actually going to take uh, what they call a Pullman, which is a second class bus there, as opposed to like the chicken buses, which are converted old American school buses. And so we're waiting for, for the bus to come and, and it starts raining and we're hiding under a tarp and the bus never comes. So eventually we just get on a chicken bus. Have you guys ever heard of the chicken buses down in, in Central America or? Just uh, like seeing them on movies and stuff. Yeah. So like the- you're with actual chickens is my guess. <laughs> Yeah, so they in, in Guatemala they call them camionetas, and they're basically old American school buses that are all independently owned. So each owner has basically paints their their buses in these elaborate colors and uh, to make theirs look nicer than the next guys. So there's all over the streets of Guatemala at the time. There's these old like 1980s school buses driving around in these bright colors, and so you just hop on one of them. And if you remember the school buses from when you were kids, they're very, the seats are very tight. They're made for like elementary school children. And the way it works on, on chicken buses is that children don't pay, but they end up having to sit on the adult's lap as it gets fuller. So um, what happens is on those little tiny benches, they put three, up to three adults and then two people in the aisle. So on a, a school bus like that, you could end up with eight people across plus kids on the lap and stuff like that. So, no, thanks. Nope. <laughs> Hard pass. And yes, often you'll find chickens. And for me, the most entertaining part of those bus rides is there's people, and, and you see this on like subways in various cities around the world and stuff like that. Whenever there's a stop, people will get on and they'll do like, a, they'll try to sell their little product that they're trying to sell to the whole bus. And then they'll get off at the next stop and then get on another bus and do that. And like I said, I've seen that in the subway. So I remember specifically there was a like a 10 year old boy getting on trying to sell gum. He went on for like five minutes in Spanish about all the different selling points of this pack of gum. That's sort of the cultural experience of there. So anyway, we arrive in. Uh, that's, that's a little bit different than uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was in New York and 
two dudes did a pole dance on the subway to get tips. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yeah, in New York, I, th- I see break dancing a lot in the subways. So it, it was so far such a, a pretty good day. But anyway, we arrive in Shayla, and all of a sudden the bus just stops. They take our backpacks, throw them off the roof onto the onto the ground, and just like kick us off the bus. Say you're here, and it's we're like basically on the outskirts of town. It's pouring rain. We found that they had covered our all the luggage sits because they're school buses. There's no underneath storage, so all the luggage sits on top of the bus, covered under a tarp. But one of our backpacks had gotten exposed to the rain, so this was just really not a, a fun day. But eventually we make it to the city center and it's still pouring rain. So we sort of duck away into like a Spanish school. We need to find a place to stay. So I run out really quick, find this hotel. Um, We had promised my son the entire day that uh, he would get to eat McDonald's that night for dinner because it was his birthday. And there was a McDonald's in the central square. So we drop off our bags, just throw them on the floor, run off to McDonald's, go get him a Big Mac or whatever, and then head back to the hotel. And I discover that it had been raining really bad again and that the room in our hotel, the uh, the floor wasn't level and all the water from the outside had come rushing into the room and all of our bags were completely soaked. Just really a rough day. So get ready to go to bed. All of a sudden, my stomach just isn't going well. You know, my stomach just starts rumbling really bad and I know what's Here about we go. <laughs> yeah, here's the fun, the fun here's part the of the Peru part. situation. So I go and I remember this, this hotel was a very crappy hotel, like maybe $10 a night. It was just, we were never going to stay there more than a night. I just, it was probably one of the closest places to where we were standing. So I was just like, let's get a, a quick hotel. So anyway, we, I run to the bathroom, all of a sudden, you know, try to do what I have to do. And I noticed that there's no toilet seat on the toilet in the bathroom. And uh, <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. This ends up being the like worst case of diarrhea I've ever had in my life. Like we're getting pretty graphic all of a sudden. Yeah, well, well, to my point yes, is for that, all seven of you who are left listening to this now. Yeah, so there's continue, no they shot. thought they thought people getting freaky and tense was bad, and then John comes and drops this one. Yeah, might need to put a, uh, a disclosure on the iTunes oh, well, if, explicit I content. That, I think that uh, everybody's had to deal with such things. So anyway, so yeah, for the next hour and a half or so, you know, there was no <laughs> no solidness left anywhere. No, <laughs> he keeps going. He keeps yeah, going. He's digging that hole deeper. And that was uh, my son's seventh birthday. But so the next day we actually wake up and like check out of the hotel just to get out of there as quickly as possible. And uh, I figure it's their fault for not having a toilet seat on the toilet. Right. <laughs> and we leave. But then like t- 20 minutes later, we realize that we are not 20 minutes, maybe an hour later or something. We realized that we forgot something there. Oh, the walk of shame. Yeah, we <laughs> Uh, my wife actually went back. You couldn't, you couldn't man up and go and (laughs) no Mark. I could not man up uh, there, but that was actually, I think the first time I realized that like the worst day traveling was better than like the best day, like just working in an office job where I was unhappy. Like that was honestly one of the most trying days because also you're trying to have your seven year old who's living on the road with you. You're trying to give them a special day and everything just goes wrong. And, but I realized that, yeah, like you say, it's it's more memorable because all that stuff happened. But also, you know, it wasn't all that bad in the end. And we were doing something that we loved. And that was a, a great takeaway from it. But Yeah, it wasn't bad for you, but those poor hotel workers. Well, they should fix their toilet seat. For, for $10, they had to. $10 yeah, right. in Guatemala at the time was about average. For check, your, time, so. check your privilege, Coomer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hear you, though. Like It's like what Mark said, right? Even the toughest times they 
lead to great memories and great stories. So, you know, as long as everyone's healthy at the end, uh, travel is pretty great. Yeah, exactly. And these things tend to be worse in the moment. And then as you look back on them, you can laugh and they, they, are, they are the best stories to tell. So we'll have to save the uh, story about the, uh, the hostel that smelled like. <laughs> Which I still think is a better story. <laughs> next time. Next time. All right. And today's episode is brought to you by Travel Freely, the Miles to Memories recommended way to organize your credit cards. We uh, use Travel Freely and love it. I know Joe has signed up and he has gotten some of his cards loaded on there. I have as well. Uh, so is Mark. And basically, uh, Travel Freely is great. If you're advanced, they have all the best offers. You know, they tailor it to what you have. If you're brand new, though, they have all kinds of resources um, designed to help you kind of get started in the credit card game. And of course, organize your bonus offers, your annual fees, your 524 status. So it's a really great uh, way to do all of that. And we recommend it for both uh, beginners and advanced. And you can try it out for free. There's no cost to the service. Uh, you can sign up at mtmpodcast.com forward slash TF. That's mtmpodcast.com forward slash TF. That's travel freely. Give it a try. The next part of the show, I thought we would talk a little bit about something that's been in the news a little bit, Ultimate Rewards. We have some news this past week or so about United and their uh, move uh, over to dynamic pricing, which they announced earlier this year. And we thought that um, with between that and all of the other changes we've seen with Ultimate Rewards and their partners and devaluations and things like that, that maybe it'd be time to talk a little bit about Ultimate Rewards. Have they lost their luster? Are they not as valuable as they used to? Should you be looking at other currencies? You know, Mark, I know you have some thoughts on that. You want to start us off? Yeah. So Ultimate Rewards was always like the go-to uh, point uh, for miles and points people. It was always the the one that we put above everything else that we valued the highest. Uh, but recently, it's been taking hits right and left, and it's kind of dropped down. It's lost its luster, I guess you could say, with uh, United uh, going to variable pricing where they can, you know, you're not getting a set award chart anymore in that that is for their domestic flights as well as could be potentially for their partner flights in the future according to their wording they leave it open that they can do that and and starting in november that could be possible so that's a big one Uh, they lost korean which was a huge uh, transfer partner for them which always had a good award chart for booking um, partner awards and then you know even a couple years ago they lost uh, amtrak which was a valuable partner and Hyatt points aren't quite worth as much as they used to be. So I just feel overall like the value of Ultimate Rewards has dropped down quite a bit. And it's kind of muddied the water between that membership rewards and thank you points of which one's the most valuable now. And I will say membership rewards are probably the easiest to earn through bonuses as well as through the spend because they have the best bonus categories. So I I think that those might have taken over the top spot. uh, But I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. Yeah, I think, and as we're recording, we're not sure, you know, the internet freaked out recently saying that people were worried that United was going to enforce variable pricing on their partners. But um, Gary from Few Few from the Wing seems to think that that's not going to be the case. And he has received assurances from someone that that's not going to happen. Although, like you said, Mark, I still don't think there's like, there's never any guarantees, right? Like you can get... Yeah, it sounds like a Bonvoy insurance, like... (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> like assurances like nice one. oh yeah we we totally won't raise the rates but give us six months i've thought about this before though you know what i like about united miles is that they're so convenient and easy to use also they're like familiar 
to me. And so if I'm using them on Star Alliance, like it's just less stressful for me to use that over Turkish or, you know, any of the other random Star Alliance partners, even Aeroplan, um, you know, I don't use as much because when I transfer miles to United, if my trip doesn't work out, I know that I'll use them again later with Aeroplan. It's not as uh, certain for me. And that's just kind of my personal preference. That being said, with all this, all these kind of devaluations going on, it does make ultimate rewards less worthwhile overall. Like they, they, I think the way to say it is they used to be like the clear winner, but now I feel like an argument can be made for thank you points over ultimate rewards or for membership rewards over ultimate rewards. I think still ultimate rewards are like king for me. Um, but I don't know if that's like a vestige of me just kind of being stuck in my old ways. Like maybe if I did the math more, you know, I would find that those other currencies come out on top. So I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah. I mean, United, while they say they're not devaluing or going to dynamic pricing on partner awards, if it includes a United segment, it still will be dynamically priced. And we're not quite sure how that's going to work. But either way, just United moving towards dynamic pricing is certainly hurting the value of ultimate rewards. I've already sort of moved away from using United most of the time when booking Star Alliance. Like you say, Joe, I use other partners. The loss of Korea and Air, even going back to the loss of Amtrak, I consistently, because I stay in a lot of Hyatts, I don't get the crazy two plus valuations that people are getting a lot of the time. And so I either have to decide whether I'm going to pay cash or I'm going to hold out for two cents or more. And generally, I'm getting about one and a half cents on my Hyatt points. But I think these days for me, ultimate rewards are basically Hyatt points. That's my best use of them. And that seems to be where I'm using most of my points. What is your biggest redemption of ultimate rewards points right now? Mine is also Hyatt. So basically the way it's working right now is I'm using ultimate rewards for hotel stays and membership rewards for flights is basically what it's broken down to. I don't really earn thank you points, which with the change in the double cash that could be changing, I might be trying to to start to earn some of those, but that's where it's at. So Hyatt's the best of all the currencies. I think Hyatt's the best partner. So it still offers value, but it's kind of annoying that that's like the main use. That's like the only use I use them for now. Yeah, I think ultimate rewards, like I think my main use, like you guys, is Hyatt. And that's partially a function of the way things have worked out. I think I've mentioned here before, but we plan to go to Asia next summer. And so, you know, I was saving up AA miles for that. I used a bunch of Alaska miles for that. You know, we have that all booked and already. In that case, it made more sense to do that than use United or or even Aeroplan for membership rewards uh, because we have the direct flight to Tokyo from Boston on JL, and we have the direct flight to Hong Kong on Cathay. So American and Alaska was where I was. I knew I was going to be spending my flights there. So Ultimate Rewards have. I've only been using them outside of Hyatt. I've only been using them for like kind of niche, not niche, but like small redemptions here and there, like a domestic United flight here, um, a intra Asia United flight there. And so, like you guys, have been mo- using them mostly on Hyatt. Um, but I still like. Oh, actually. I take that back. I did use them last minute to for two seats uh, on Swiss Air flying back from Europe uh, recently this summer. So, um, and that was a case where I needed I needed them fast. I didn't you know want to worry about transferring to airplane and things like that. So I just ate the extra fifteen thousand miles per person and um, did that. But really, it has been mostly high for me uh, outside of that one redemption. I will say that I have used them quite a bit this year for experiences at one and a half cents each, and then. For one-off flights, you know, cash flights, I've used Ultimate Rewards uh, quite a few times. And and those, so, I mean, I guess really my valuation is about one and a half cents. I'm happy to get that. And I'm consistently getting that with Hyatt. Sometimes I'm getting better than that, but 
there's lots of times where I'm not. So one and a half cents seems to be good for me. And I still think that, you know, like I said, I really do enjoy that, that you can get almost everything from Expedia through with Chase Ultimate Reward Points because I have the Sapphire Reserve. I get 1.5 cents each. So that's a good good way to do it. But as you said, I think all the flexible points currencies are limited you know, by their partnerships. And I earn a lot of thank you points, but I don't feel like their partners are quite as good. Although admittedly with Life Miles, that opens up a lot on the Star Alliance side and they have some overlap with the other programs. For membership rewards, I too use Aeroplan a lot for Star Alliance awards. And I just burned a lot of membership rewards on Delta for that Delta vacation steal, Joe, that I know you love. But uh, I still think Ultimate Rewards, because I can earn them so quickly with 5X and uh, because Hyatt is so valuable to me and because I can redeem at 1.5 cents, I still think that that's my preferred program. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm justified in that, although I could certainly see arguments towards some of the other programs as well. All right, Joe. Well, I think that's enough on Chase. Uh, so I think at this point, Joe is going to drop off. He has to go to Disney World, I suppose. And uh, we, that's right. <laughs> and Mark See you and at I, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. The largest Extra McDonald's. Extra crispy hash browns. Yes, for the world, baby. Yes. I'm going to give that a try next time I'm there, but only at the largest McDonald's, not the other ones. Yeah, you, gotta, you still got to get in there. I, I, I was there in 2007, so I just got to make a return. I'm sure they've remodeled it since then. All right. I got a flight to catch, guys. I'll see you later. Bye, Joe. All right. And now that Joe is gone, we're going to do our rapid fire segment. Each week, we go over a few different news stories and items that we think are of interest and that you can follow up with on our website to find out more. And uh, today, Mark is going to start us off with uh, some good news on a Hilton timeshare offer. Right, Mark? Yeah, so I recently did a timeshare offer for our upcoming Orlando trip, which I actually leave for tonight. And they originally offered uh, just three nights for $200. And I talked them up to uh, giving me 20,000 points, as well as dropping the price down to $150. So whenever you get a timeshare offer, just always ask for more because they have more budget to give you. And I, I felt pretty good about it. But I knew there was probably more wiggle room there. I just didn't really have time on the phone to, to mess with it. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, a public timeshare offer comes out for the exact same trip for $200 and 50,000 points. So I'm thinking, you know, uh, I'm not very happy about my offer anymore. So I reached out to him various ways. You can get more details in the article. But uh, it ended up that they were willing to match me to the 50,000 points. Uh, it's just easiest, uh, to call in and ask for it. So it is possible, even if you've booked your trip, if you see a better offer out there, reach out and see if they'll give you more. Just like, you know, if you get a credit card offer and then they increase the uh, public rates a couple weeks later, usually you can reach out to the uh, lender, depending on who it is and, and end up getting the difference in points there as well. So all, all they can do is say no. So it's worth trying. Yeah, absolutely. And those timeshare offers are great ways to not only save money on the hotel, to earn points. And um, I know you're using yours in Orlando, where the park tickets are certainly expensive enough. So it's nice yeah, to... Yeah, uh, $700 bill I paid today for Universal. Thanks for that, Universal. <laughs> hey, you know, they got, you got to, you want to play, you got to pay, I guess. I kind of, I kind of miss my free dis- Disney tickets right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, and uh, let's move on to the next one, SoFi Money. Uh, this is a not a new app, but it's an app, or actually more like a checking account where they waive ATM fees worldwide, kind of like the Schwab account. Um, but they're offering a $50 sign-up bonus, which is really easy. All you have to do is fund your account with $100. You get a $50 sign-up bonus. What's unique is that your account also gets a decent interest rate, especially if you're considering comparing it to other checking accounts. I think 1.8% is the rate right now. Um, Mark, I know we both signed up. Are you looking forward to using this uh, to SoFi or uh, how did the uh, bonus process work for you? When I, I signed up and I deposited the $100 and I was kind of surprised that it's really easy to, to link your checking accounts. They just have you log into your bank and they automatically pull your account info and you can deposit the money. It took me like less than a minute to, to set up the account and to deposit it. And I was surprised to see that the $50 posted the next day. I think if it's on a weekend, it could take a couple more days. But during the week, I got it the very next day, which is pretty crazy in terms of bonuses. I think that's the quickest payout I've ever had for anything. So that's nice. And then I like the features of of the account, no ATM fees, no foreign transaction fees. They say there's a, a 1% visa fee in there, but I think they actually eat that cost. And a reader reached out and said they've tried the Schwab and the SoFi money card at the same ATM and pulled out the same amount of money and both billed the exact same amount. At first, we thought maybe it's better than the so than the Schwab account, but now we can actually see that it is better because it gives you the interest as well as everything else the Schwab gives you. The only difference really is Schwab, you can withdraw up to $1,000 a day. SoFi is like $615 a day. I'm looking forward to using it on my next international trip, and I'm going to actually use it as my go-to checking account because of the interest rate so good. So what about you, Sean? Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to giving it a try. I think uh, the sign-up bonus makes it worth uh, trying, and anybody who wants to sign up, they can sign up at milestomemories.com forward slash go forward slash SoFi, S-O-F-I. And I'll also check out our full review on the website. So I'm going to give it a try. I think Schwab is like a 0.2% interest rate, and this is 1.8. So I think it's a definitely a much better interest rate. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it some more and uh, reporting back how it works. But I'm enjoying it so far, and I already got my 50 bucks. So can't complain about that. $50. <laughs> Next up, there's a returning uh, promotion for Amazon with Chase Ultimate Rewards using a point and you can save uh, 15 bucks, right? Yeah, there's an offer that uh, you get $15 off a $60 purchase. It works on gift card, any gift card, but Amazon gift cards. And, and all you have to use is one Chase Ultimate Rewards point. It is targeted, so you can check the link on Miles to Memories and see if you're one of the ones targeted. Some people have been tar targeted more than once, so it's worth checking even if you've had it before. But it's a nice, quick, easy bonus. I mean, everybody can buy something off Amazon, so $15 is $15. Absolutely. And yeah, just check the link on our site. And then finally, wanted to cover really quickly um, this week, basically for the last year or so, we've covered the drama of the plastic merchant, which was a gift card sort of middleman. Um, a lot of people in the miles and points space sold gift cards to, to that business, to the person who ran that. And uh, he uh, ended up having to go bankrupt. It took a long time, but they finally, the bankruptcy was finally filed. The paperwork was finally made public. And he owed a lot of people money. Uh, my name is actually on that list, included in the bankruptcy. Even though I had submitted cards, he had already stopped paying. So I was never paid or processed for those cards. So I just use those cards elsewhere. But yeah, so I mean, a lot of people are out a lot of money. You can, uh, there's a link on our website to the, to the bankruptcy filing. The interesting thing about it was, you know, just how much money certain people were doing. I think one person, like a $90,000 and you can see how much the banks are owed and yeah, I guess it's just a really sad situation all around uh, with all that money. What do you think about it? 
Yeah, it makes me sick when I when I looked at it, even when the story broke, because I think we were the first ones to write about it when it when it was all going down. And I just knew how many how many people were involved in it. And and some people ran up quite the amounts because they had been paid in the past. So they weren't really worried about it. And when you get comfortable, you, you start pressing further than you probably normally would. So it's just sickening. I was lucky that I never got involved with them. Um, but anybody that was involved, I hope they were able to come out the other side. Okay. I know some people lost a lot of money, but hopefully they were able to figure it out. Yep. And, uh, it's just a good reminder to you know, always be diligent and, and, you know, figuring out where that limit is, how much you can float, how much you can afford to lose, realizing the risks of what you're doing. Sometimes people are risking a lot more than they should be, I think, just to earn miles and points. All right. And that'll do it for us today. Uh, thanks so much for listening. As a reminder, you can subscribe to the show via all of the relevant apps, mtmpodcast.com. And if you love the show, then uh, consider giving us a, a great review. And as always, uh, email us podcast at milestomemories.com with any questions, concerns, or comments. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. See you next time. See you next Thursday. Lucky me. That sounded terrible. <clears throat> That's getting cut. Yeah. Next. Thank you. Thank Are you. We, let's do that awesome segue. Yeah. Well, I just I got mean, completely lost. In no, Sean, so, Sean just got a segue himself. You know, let's, uh, Mark, let's sit back and watch the magic happen. Yeah. Segue to empty notes. <laughs> Remember the most fun? Yeah, for fond, sure. Most. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to say fondly. I got to say fondly because isn't oh, yeah. Just say it. Yeah. Okay. I'll go second, by the way. Right, I still need to wake up. All right. I'll go second, but uh, because con- <laughs> no show no gonna... thing is making this sound horrible. <laughs> con- continue, continue with your amazing response to Mark's story.